Welcome back and happy new year. Episode 95 of Random Fandom with Brandon. Brandon is upon us, you. Uh, we're it's we're new era. We're trying things a little differently. So thanks for taking the, the trip with us. Today is going to be a pleasant day, I suspect. Brandon, how are you? I'm great. Good. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, full effect or full spoilers, in effect, you have been warned, but yes. we feel like there's been enough time. And if you're like us, you're already done with it. And how could you not want to be after a really strong second season? It was really good. I, I think I enjoyed this season more than I enjoyed the first season, actually. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. We're really opening up the, the universe. Yeah, I, I feel more like... More planets, the, more characters. And a more of a streamlined story. I feel like the the last season was very episodic, where things would happen that didn't quite matter to the larger story and i feel like in this season what we had eight episodes every episode was a step forward in in the main storyline with yes particular characters that mattered stories that mattered and and from episode one to episode eight it was this continuous story and i i i think that's the type of thing that makes me want to keep watching it was compelling, uh, and I'm so glad that I renewed my Disney Plus because now, this time of year ago, I was like, I'm only doing this for Disney or uh, for Mandalorian. Yeah. And now that I've finished season two and I have 11 months more of subscription, there's more good stuff on the horizon too. That's kind of fun. But yeah. uh, uh, what this season had that the, the last one did not was Baby Yoda basically eating um, fetuses. Yeah, constantly just eating little children. <laughs> little frog children uh, that were, that were that. literally the last of their species oh but he was hungry so it's kind of like you forgive him he's so charming <laughs> what was the biggest i mean there were some bombshells like there were bombs being dropped this season what was the biggest for you like what popped you the most made you just go oh my gosh that person or oh that happened or well, this do, we, do we really want to go there because i feel like i mean i think we're gonna be jumping to some of the last later episodes. No, you're right. Let, 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 let's go ahead and follow more of a linear path. But this, I just, this season built and built and built to a great finale. I genuinely, at the end, not jumping too far ahead, I was like, wait, is this show just over now? And of course it's it's not, and why would it be? But it felt like they had just said, yeah, we're just going to do two seasons. I almost would have been like, well, you did it well, but now there's more to come. Yeah. So, well, and I, yes. Yeah, I think that I think that they, they have set themselves up. I think this was a perfect ending. Um, yeah. I know that we said we don't want to go to the end right away, but the ending where we find that 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 Grogu, you know, Baby Yoda, will be trained in the in the ways of the Force now is really kind of exciting to see. Like, I don't know what's coming next. I have no idea if next season is going to be skipped forward several years and, and he's, mm -hmm. you know, had more training. Or if it's just going to be right after, I, I, I don't know. But I feel like this was a really good place to end the season. Um, but let's, yeah, let's start from near the beginning. We don't have to go episode by episode. But we had, I think, I think episode one is really important to focus on because we see somebody. We see Timothy Oliphant's character. I can't remember what his name was in the show. He was the marshal. He was the small was little the mining town marshal. 
but he's wearing some armor, right? Some Mando armor. And it's more than just Mando armor. It's well, I know, and that's what I'm getting at is that he's wearing Mandalorian armor that I don't think almost anybody recognized, but it was Bubba Fett's armor. I sure as shit did, but then I'm maybe more than geeked up about this kind of uh, stuff than your average. Oh, you did recognize it? Oh yeah, right right away, bro. Oh okay. Especially the the jetpack and the rocket on his back gave it away, and the fact that yeah, I knew yeah. it right away. So, but I knew it wasn't him. But little did I later know it, this episode would lay groundwork for him. So I was just like so excited. Yeah, yeah. I see. I thought that was a really cool way of doing it because I didn't notice it because of the way he was wearing it, right? Like the that kind yeah. of greenish color didn't stand out to me because he was wearing like red underneath. And so mm -hmm. the color scheme didn't seem to fit um, until uh, Bubba Fett actually put the armor on. And then I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's his armor. And I just didn't, I just like didn't put two and two together. Um, but I thought that was a really clever way of doing it because I think you maybe you know, have recognized it, but I think the average person probably didn't think about that being a Fett armor, you know? Um, and so I thought that was really, really cool. Plus, uh, the, ep the first episode was just a cool episode with the, the old snaky worm creature they had to kill. That was yeah. just kind of a cool episode. It really was. It was fun. It was like just like previously on Mandalorian, not much has happened, but now things are going to start picking up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. By the way, um, the, just a side note, looking at the quality of the special effects in this season. Mm-hmm as a TV show was better than Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, last time we, uh, we kind of had nothing really fun and positive to say about the works of Pedro Pascal or one of his works. And now we get to, so. Hey, yes. Much, yeah. Pa Pedro Pascal does really well with the mask on as, as the Mandalorian. And then when yes. you see him with the mask off, it's, it's, it doesn't take away, but he's sort of bland. He's less intimidating. He's yeah. less everything. He's just, yeah, when you think of Mandalorian, you'll know it's Pedro Pascal, but the image that I think will pop in most people's heads, it's associated, is just mask on. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that really cool episode called the 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 Warden, the, what is he? The, nah, crap, I can't even remember. But then it went to basically Frog Lady and Spider, Spider Planet. Spider planet man but then it, again it foreshadows things to come because then it showed those uh rebel pilots who end up helping him at the end who yep. he was trying to flee and what are they flying an x-wing and what would come into play in the later episode mm -hmm. a very important somebody's x-wing i just like the foreshadowing in this season in these the first three ish episodes felt lesser than than, right. than the later episodes but they were planning a way not just being like a one-off like a saturday morning cartoon like maybe some people felt myself included in season one and then when season yeah. three came around and then you know they get it get just i think yeah, it also episode three what's that episode three you said season three excuse me um but real quick before i talk about episode three uh in episode two i thought it was good just to go show the bonding between a mother and child or mother and her future children and then just kind of like you know, you have this very cold, emotionless bounty hunter, but it just goes to show how he would then care about his own 
you know, quote unquote child that he's mm-hmm. taking care of too. Um, and just the fact that he has to tell him it's rude to eat her eggs and stuff like that, <laughs> the way he talks to him and his little reactions, just like, what, what the hell are you saying? What? That, but, that almost, it almost grossed me out and bugged me. I'm like, I know we're looking at it like it's cute, but I'm so logically looking at it as these are the last of her species and he's trying Robbie to save them. And, yeah. and, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, say, so say there's like 20 eggs in there. I don't remember. And Grogu eats like five of them. <laughs> it's like, that's a big deal. He just, he just killed 25% of the population. Yeah. It's a, that's a tasty population. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I was like, okay, now we're really doing something in the uh, third episode when you find out other Mandos are yeah. out and about. You know, they they originally meet in the guild, right? When she gives him his armor and tells him what his what he needs to do, find the old Jedi religion and return him to his kind. And that's all you really see of them. Um, and then we see some other more like Mandos who aren't really quite of the same belief as him, as you would find out. Not everyone's uniformly believing that, oh, if you're a Mandalorian, you do this, because, you know, they were maskless, mm-hmm. and uh, they were okay taking off their masks, so they follow a different path of the, the Mandalorian creed, and then you find out someone, if, especially if you watch the animated series, a big character is now joining the fray uh, in Bo-Katan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she ended up being a, a very important character throughout the season. Yes, and future implications as well, and she had some other Mandalorians. Did you uh, notice who the... Uh, the other female Mandalorian was not that I would no. think you would necessarily. That's actually WWE's uh, Sasha Banks. Oh, you've told me about her. Like, uh, doesn't your daughter really likes her? Yep. Was and that, her, yeah. her, her real name is uh, Mercedes Vernado, which is actually more of like a wrestling name almost. Yeah, than Sasha Banks. that name. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And then she would, uh, you know, reemerge later this season too. So I thought that was just kind of a fun little cross section of like two personal fandoms for me. Um, yeah. But I loved how they were like just willing to scrap, and then, um, then we get reacquainted and caught back up with uh, Cara Dune and uh, Grief, Carl Weathers, the Apollo Creed, Grief uh, something, Grief Carga or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like it just really started cooking about mid season. You're like, oh, we're starting yeah. to see. An- and and I think it was episode five where we see Ahsoka. Yes, huge. I mean, like, that is a huge like, call. Like she's never been in any cinematics, yep. but people who know the greater Star Wars story know that. Oh, this is big. And damn, did Rosario Dawson look well cast and make up that? Like it she worked. Awesome. It, yeah. it you know you kind of look at a character like that from the Clone Wars TV show, which I because of this I've started watching and I'm pretty far in. Um, Speaking yeah. of episodic, Clone Wars is super episodic, and it yeah. kind of makes it feel like none of it's really tying together. But that's just a side note. Um, yeah. But it, it, I, I, you know, it's really. I think they did a really good job, and I think Rosario Dawson did a good job, um, bringing that that teenage, you know, uh, Padawan into a full Ooh. Jedi. She was an adult here. She, this was yeah. like years later because honestly, she was kind of annoying as like the, the the scrappy sidekick at times. Mm-hmm. And then she was mature and like collected. Yeah. And then that's and of course, then in that same episode, there was so much awesomeness happening there. But yeah, in addition to her, which was a huge, just like oh, we actually get to see lightsabers and a Jedi now. This is awesome. Uh, Michael Bean made an appearance, so now officially he's been in. Uh, the Terminator series, 
Aliens and Star Wars. I mean, if that's not like a trifecta <laughs> for sci-fi and geekdom, come that's on. That guy, that guy's awesome. I've always loved that guy. And that's also um, where we learned Grogu's name. Exactly. That was just like, what? And I, I read online Grogu's some people like, stupid name. Come what? On. Really? I like it. Grogu? Ugh. And I just love how in the very following episode, when he's with him on the ship and he keeps saying his name and Grogu looks at him and turns his head, like, yeah. you know, when you say a funny word to a dog and when they're puppies and they're like, what? Yeah. It was yeah, just, I it was so it was charming. Cute. They, they yeah. did a really good job. Just, you know, the directing and the writing and hats off to John Favreau for, you know, seeing this whole thing through and writing most of these episodes. And he's, they, they do such a good story and character building in this TV show, despite the fact that we are dealing with a basically emotionless main character in The Mandalorian, right? Like yeah. literally emotionless and no facial expressions ever. And a, 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 a puppet, a literal puppet of a, of a young, you know, alien that also has very little emotion to show. But they it's like the writing and the directing, it's just melds so well together to get this sort of father and son feeling between the two and i think yeah, it's done so well you, you know you just mentioned directing some of the names that directed some of these uh you know episodes you had names like bryce dallas howard who yeah. i think did one last season of course john favreau you had carl weathers himself directing an episode you had robert rodriguez all of a sudden when i saw his name pop up after like eight episodes seven or eight i was just like what yeah but yeah They're, i mean Peyton was, Reed. yeah and what was it? Uh, Rick uh, Femi, Femi, I'm always going to... Hey, I cannot pronounce that name, but Femi I know exactly. Yeah. But like that guy is a... He's being heralded as someone who's really been heavily involved in this. And, you know, if Star Wars as a whole um, is to come back to, you know, just prominence because this last trilogy really just kind of soured me a little bit as a whole, which we've talked about at length. Right. But um, I'm okay with it maybe being episodic from here on out. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this series they'll go back more to than I've enjoyed most of the movies, quite honestly. I agree, but I, they'll go back to movies. I mean, that's oh, where the money course. is. That's where the money know? is, yeah. But um, I, I hope that this is not the last... Um, oh, and then, you know, of course, then we get, like, the full-fledged Boba Fett when he gets to reclaim his armor. And it makes sense. It's that callback to the first episode when you just see that he's being trailed by, like, a mysterious deserted looking guy and it makes so much sense because i never thought as much as boba fett looked and felt like a badass from the movies i always thought he just got so goofily comically jobbed out at the end of, or at the beginning of return of the jedi at the end of his life you know when all of a sudden han solo is just like boba fett huh and he turns around and whacks him accidentally uh, yeah. he has a fucking rocket pack and he can't j blast his way out of a a, a sarlacc pit i don't yeah. know what a sarlacc pit is like I know what it's like thanks to George Lucas because now he added a bunch of special effects. But originally, um, I was just like, wait, he can't get out of that? Like, this guy has every piece of technology on him and he can't get out of that. I understand if he runs into a Jedi, then it's a, a, a bad deal for him, but come on. And so I was just like, I thought that righted one of the just, again. One of the wrongs of wrongs. the early Star Well, yeah. we say wrongs, but now, you know, nobody knew... I say nobody. The, the writers, George Lucas, didn't know Bubba Fett was going to be this big, Certainly lovable, not. you know, popular character. He just thought he was just some side bounty hunter. <clears throat> and so but it was a popularity. Everyone thought he deserved better. And and Disney gave it to him. You know, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't even have to necessarily explain how he got out. They just said that he did. And we're like, yeah, we believe you. 
Yeah, and it, and it shows that he's enough of a badass, even when he's not in his armor, he's still like capable of you know bashing stormtroopers and stuff like. That. And the choreography in this too, I'm I'm just yeah thinking about it. the choreography and the fight sequences in this were just really so well done. It's just like <clears throat> I I just I'm and in love with this show. I really am. This show is just it's for me. One thing know? I really liked was the dark dark troopers that they introduced. Mm-hmm. The dark troopers were freaking cool. They like, had a very menacing look to them. Although, yeah. Um, I know some, I read online, so this, these are not my opinions, but people are like, so they built these up since even last season, they were hinting at it, and they got destroyed in five minutes, but by someone that has every right to lay claim to destroying them, so I was okay with it. Yeah, but it also shows that these dark troopers are so strong that they can only be destroyed by a Jedi. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a that's a very powerful droid. Um, yeah, uh, Mando uh, damn near had his life squeezed out by one of them. By, by one single one. Yeah. Um, and so let's let let's let that bring us to that final episode where they're attacking Moff Gideon's ship to get Grogu back. And that was a damn, damn good episode. Super oh, yeah. action-packed, super fun. It was and emotional then, for me, man. And then, of course, we got... Uh, a treat at the end. We see a Jedi come slicing through these dark troopers and save the day. And you knew who was going to be from from the beginning, but still, just the way they did it. I knew because I had Reddit spoil it for me, but um, Emily, who, you know, she loves Star Wars too, and she, when when she saw the green lightsaber, she's like, is that Luke? Is that Luke? And I just looked at her and I was just nodded and I was like, yeah, it is. Like, I'm not even going to pretend to say no (laughs) but yeah and um she was super surprised and she got excited about it and um i think they didn't do a very good job of handling the special effects or directing i had heard that yes um i think that was done quite poorly especially compared to all of the other quality effects that they have in this but that being said it was really good to see Luke and know that Luke is now going to train Grogu, um, which is int- a little interesting, right? It's something that we just never heard about. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? You, know, you, Canon, but you but... know that he started uh, basically uh, his own Jedi Academy, you know? That's true. So maybe he's part of that first class, you know? I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, the fact that we never knew there was even another Yoda-like creature. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't think this is the end for, um, uh, for Mando and Grogu. It's probably the end of their weekly team ups. That he will see them again. And I thought, it, like, I got emotional because a, I was watching it with my daughter, who's like very invested in this show, and you know, he always pledged he would never take his mask off. He did it twice, one time to advance to get the plans of Mo- where Moff Gideon's light cruiser was, mm-hmm. which. People point out online like, oh, basically all you have to do is just take your mask off and you don't even have to be along to the the newly wanting to be formed empire. You just it just has to do a facial scan. It doesn't matter what, no. what your face is. Well, I actually even think if you're that, not in a registry. No, but it kind of said that he was in a registry. And so it makes me think that he at some point, like somewhere in his past, was put into the registry as a trooper. 
Mm, but he was a foundling. The Mandos found him as a kid. No, I know, but we there's a lot of space in between him as a kid becoming a Mandalorian and then now. And so somewhere in his past, as maybe a Mandalorian or during his training, somewhere along the I the way I read that was somewhere along the lines, he might have like gone undercover or I feel you. he did something, maybe he even worked for them, right? Like maybe he, because he was just a bounty hunter. He didn't really care who he worked for. Remember that from the first season, he was working for the bad guys. And and so maybe in the past, he had worked for them and is now into their system. You know, I'd like to believe that more than just, oh, just needs a facial scan, not like there's anything to validate behind it. Yeah. Because he said enough. he was like approved through the facial scan. So yeah, he takes his mask off in pursuit of, you know, trying to get, get Grogu. And then I thought that was so touching when Luke tells Mando, he's asking for permission to go and he wants to see your face basically. And so he takes it off, even in a room full of people who can now yeah. identify him in some way. I was just like, damn, that's emotional. But yeah, when Luke's X-Wing showed up and the fact that, you know, Grogu went to the scene stone and you knew he was only, what other Jedis are left out there that w- that we know of anyways, whether from the original movies or the expanded universe uh so it had to be him but still the way they did it minus the the deep fake i was so glad it was him and i was just like i was i, I felt like standing up and cheering like from my couch it was just yeah. such they would call a mark out moment i was totally marking out and i loved it and i'm so excited for the basically they don't really like in some other season finales tell you oh you can expect what's come we don't really know what's to come. Um, Grogu's going to be trained with Luke. We don't know how much of that's going to actually play out on screen. Bo-Katan and Mando now have a, a an issue between them because he's now come into possession of the dark saber. And just like Moff Gideon explained, mm-hmm. um, he he has to be defeated. He can't just even he even said, "I yield, I surrender." And but according to Mandalorian code yeah. or creed or rules, it has to be one in combat. And yet they're not necessarily enemies, but they have varying different views on how things well, work. So how's they that are gonna now. Play? I mean, they're going to be well, now. Exactly. We know it's going to come up in another and season. And it's not like she like wants this because it's like, oh, this way I can like, you know, stab people. But it shows that you are the leader of, 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 of Mandalore, like their planet, their home planet. So she wants to reclaim what she feels is, is hers. But now she doesn't have the right piece to be able to back it. So that's going to be a thing. So we can expect more from her, but I don't really know where we go from here. So I feel like season three is going to be so fresh because there's nothing to really telegraph. Well, speaking of what comes next, let's end it with the last scene that we saw at the last episode after the credits was Fett and Fennec taking over Jabba's palace on Tatooine and killing uh, uh, Bib Fortuna. Who looks like he's been eating well. Yes. (laughs) But, we know that, that in season three, we're going to see Fett as sort of the new like criminal boss of Tatooine, which is, I'm, I thought that was such an incredible way to end it. And it makes me super excited. Oh, yeah. And he's going to the scene where, you know, back to the scene where he was disgraced. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, where he made a, a less than awesome exit. I'm, I'm, I, I just, and then of course it's been since confirmed that he's getting his own show now. Oh, so I didn't his know that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Oh. His his appearance in season two 
was basically to set up his own deal, but also get him his own shot at redemption. And then where are we going to go from here? I can't wait to find out. So, yeah, I don't think he'll be a part of the Mandalorian season three as much as he that was now that you oh, know okay. what I'm saying. Well, gonna, I wouldn't be surprised if they do crossover. They'll have some crossover. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Flintstones and the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Absolutely. Yeah. Simpsons did it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I would give this, um, let's see. Uh, my own personal geek meter is registering very high. This was an A of a season for me. I okay. really enjoyed it. You're switching it. to and letters again. Okay. I can do what I want. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a 78 out of uh, 89 because I can do what I want. The math seems favorable regardless. So I'm, I'm for it. Well, you know, as we switch to this more episodic, you know, smaller episodic um, approach, say approach. <laughs> structure uh, to our, to our um, podcast here. Every once in a while, we're going to slip some things in that we, did we for a longer you know yes. uh, and one of those is the shadow of the synopsis and i have sure a shadow of the synopsis here for brandon today yo are you ready brandon for me to read you the synopsis and see if you can guess what i'm what i'm reading okay yes in the year 994 superstition and the sword ruled it was a time of darkness it was a world of fear but the humans of this land in scotland had protectors in a clan of unique nocturnal creatures that lived in a nearby castle. One day, the creatures were betrayed by the same people they were sworn to protect. Most were killed, but some were magically cursed to sleep in their, in their castle for a millennium. A thousand years later, billionaire David Xanatos purchased the castle and had it reconstructed atop his New York skyscraper, the Erie Building, thus awakening the remaining clan of creatures. As they try to adjust to their new world, they find themselves in conflict with Xanatos, defecting members of their own clan, clones, as well as several other supernatural threats to their own safety and to the world at large. Once again, they're forced to take the role of the city's secret nighttime protectors. First thing I thought, Highlander? Because I heard Scotland, and I was like, no, it's definitely not Highlander. And then I thought, uh, my family reunion. <laughs> that's family not reunion? Like, no, just my own personal one. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, but as soon as you said skyscrapers New York in New York, this is a very vastly underrated, and I would love if it got remade, series, uh, Gargoyles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Gargoyles is legit. Good call. And uh, let me introduce you to Goliath, which was always like the coolest name for their leader. Yeah, and they had, good show, good call, it good shadow good synopsis. It was it was good kind episode. of a surprisingly dark show, especially for uh, Disney. Yeah, but it was yeah. good. It was I seen agree. as something that could be enjoyed by 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 the young and old alike. And if you are young, old, or in between, if you, and you've enjoyed this episode, episode ninety-five of the Random Fandom, let us know about it. You can email us at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Damn right, please do. And we're also on Twitter. We're trying to uh, do that more often. So at Random Fandom WBB is where you can find us there. And you can find us, uh, I think next time we're going to do a year in review. We're going to officially yeah. bon voyage to 2020, look back at some of the goods, a lot yeah. of the bad, and uh, stuff in between. Yeah? Yeah, I think that'll be good. 
It might be a longer episode. Yeah, let's do that next time. Thank you, listeners, for being a fan of our fandom. Stay geeky.